would cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions three and the other side he see. Ask me the questions, Bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. What is your name? My name is PaulJPowers.com. What is your quest? To finish Jared's riddle labyrinth in this fourth dimension of doom. What is your favorite color? Blue. Oh, go on. Off you go to listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitors fluxing. Crew to stations. Scanning for Monty Python and the Holy Grail, 1975. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your exo and mine, Paul, the master interrupter, PaulJPowers.com. Powers! Yes, it is I, PaulJPowers.com, son of Uther Pendragon, from the castle of Camelot, king of the Britons, defeater of the Saxons, sovereign of all England. Stop repressing me, Paul. Also, for this discussion of the film Monty Python and the Holy Grail, we welcome back aboard a full host of shipmates and guests ready for a quest. Our manifest includes Administrative Officer Ashley Ruiz, Archives Officer Drew Dodgen, Clergy Officer Dallas Mora, Clergy Chief Nathan James Norman, Chief Engineer Travis Bird, Creator of the Hoot and Howl blog Shanine Thompson, and Co-Host of the Cellcast Podcast and appearing for his third time on the pod, Jacob Heron. Hey, welcome, Jacob, Woo. and everyone else. Jacob, yeah! like yeah, I just said, you are now promoted to shipment of the pod because you've been on for three times. Nice. So what department on the pod would you like to be in? Be in charge of the escape pods. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> you know this ship is going down eventually. That'll work. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Don't get too comfy. The nice. escape pods. There's an escape pod in every department, but okay, we'll go with that. Well, there has to be someone in control of all of them. I pod maintenance. Yeah. Well, okay, there you go. All right. Well, we still don't have any doctors on this pod. On your promotion, on your promotion, Jacob. And now they have a quick flyby of who we are. Paul, can you give us a quick overview, overview of the production specs for Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Sure thing. Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail was released no, June 26, no, 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 1996. No, 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 What? On the Windows and Macintosh? No, 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 no. It's a the game, mo- right? The, the movie. It's a movie, no. Paul. What are the odds that none of these movies, that none of these in Jared's Labyrinth are a game? This has got to be a game, no? I, I would think so, too, but maybe that was a whole, like, red herring he threw at us. Ah, uh, so I'm supposed to review the movie? Yes, the movie, Paul. That could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Fine, go back. All right. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the movie, was released May 25th, 1975. Runs an hour and 31 minutes and is rated PG. It was directed by Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. It was written by Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric... Idle, sorry. Just seeing that it'll there, just, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's idle. And and by the rest of the Monty Python crew, uh, with lead stars being the Monty Python crew, comprising mm-hmm. of John, uh, sorry, Gra- Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Gilliam, Terry Jones, and many more. 
Well, a few more. And the music was composed by De Wolf Music and Neil Eines. Are you ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Hopefully everyone here in the crew is ready and everyone watching live. Feel free to uh, give us your guesses as well on the box office where it ranks in the top whatever. Here, let's hear it, Paul. All right. Monty Python and the Holy Grail was made for about 280,000 pounds mm. and earned over 2 million pounds at the box what? office. Wow. Good job, Monty Python. All right. Given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1975? Now, normally we do uh, globally, but because the records weren't kept that well back then, uh-huh. we're going to go for our IMDb's um, the, uh, U.S. theatrical release. We'll oh, go for the okay. top 50. Okay. Top 50. Uh, I'm going to start with Nathan. What's your guess? 35. 35. Uh, Shanine, how about you? Mm, 29. 29. Drew, what's your guess? I'm going 50. 50. All right. Ashley, how about you? 41. 41. Uh, let's see. Travis, what's your guess? 45. 45. Uh, let's see. I'm, let's see. Dallas, how about you? 42. 42. Jacob, what say you? 30. 30. Uh, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess kind of high, 21. I'm going to go 21. In chat, we have, let's see, Apple Dance guesses 42. Uh, D. Tungsten guesses 27. Uh, And Paul, why don't you tell us where it actually ranked in the box office? Well, according to IMDb, it came in at 44. So Travis wins that one. Let's see, Travis with 45. Yes, good job, Travis. Well done. Well done. Your All prize right. is not in the mail. <laughs> no. A, I mean, yes, it's in the mail. I was going to say Look the family's going to be getting point. banana bread. Oh, that's whoa, true. Yes. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. That <laughs> is, that's the their, pr- but that's their that's prize. This episode only. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> live closer. That's how yeah, you get live, it. <laughs> live closer. <laughs> um, awesome, Paul. Thank you for those factoids. And uh, let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert! Alert! Target located. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. Comedy Central presents the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Who are you? We are the knights who say... No, not the night you say me. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail tonight at 9 here at Comedy Central. Please, please. I'm sure that that Comedy Central ad totally brings you back to 1975 of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. In fact, it probably floods your mind with memories. And let's... Uh, find out what we collectively rem- remembered about Maya Python and the Holy Grail in our memory mind melt synopsis uh, of this film. The guy Ryan the subtitles gets sacked twice after his sister gets bit by a moose. God appears in the clouds and sends Arthur, king of the Britons, on a quest for all- for the Holy Grail. While wandering around England, Arthur gains more knights of the round table for Camelot. Never mind, tis a silly place. Well, as they're 
while as their pages fall with clacks coconuts in the rhythm of a gallop. The roundtable troop encounters a knight that won't just die now. Arguments of government and migraine coconuts. How to identify a witch? Someone gets better. The knights who say knee demand a shrubbery and cut down a tree with a heron. And enchanter uh, will call Tim until Arthur and knights get slaughtered by a bunny and brave Sir Robin ran away. Bravery can be running bravery can be running away the end builds to a climactic battle that is abruptly stopped by local law enforcement who shut down production of the film due to the death of one of the squires of their lack of film permits or their lack of film permits. or oh thank you or their lack of film permits i mean honestly i feel like that's dead on <laughs> Except so that's not why they shut it down oh well then in that case this is weird totally Deceptive. It was the yeah. death of the historian, but maybe somebody fell asleep. We'll get into wah, that. Wah, wah. <laughs> Based on those flawed, <laughs> flawed memories, what rating did they lead you to predict for this film before uh, you rewatched it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? And let's start with uh, let's start with Shanine this time. Oh, classic. Classic was your prediction, Ashley. How about you? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Uh, then let's go to Jacob next. Tragic. Tragic. Drew, how about you? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Nathan. Classic. Classic. That's funny. We went down and all the way up. <laughs> Travis. Nostalgic. Yeah, Nostalgic. now back going down. <laughs> Dallas. Classic. Oh, Classic. went back up. <laughs> Paul. Let's bring it down with nostalgic. Nostalgic. And let's bring it really down with my tragic How dare you. prediction for this Who film. Who here is surprised? It's not a shock at all. <laughs> Everybody, feign surprise. <gasps> wow. Really? I don't need this guff right now, guys. Let's continue on. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true, but first let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Let's spin up our... Best bits. Things we liked most. And uh, we're going to start with one thing we'd like, then get into Classic Makers. Uh, so if there's anything that, so, since we have such a full crew, if someone says something that was on your like list, feel free to jump in right after uh, to add to it. So I'm going to start with Nathan James Norman. What's one thing you liked about My Python and the Holy Grail? I loved the opening credits. The yes. uh, it's so <laughs> simple. And it starts with this bombastic music, and you're like, "Whoa, mm -hmm. this is an mm -hmm. epic, epic film!" And and as you're going through, it's very simple. You know, white lettering on black background as Paul mm -hmm. adores. Yes, but you're going through it, and then you're you're getting ready for something, and then there's all these weird subtitles, and you're like, "What's this all about?" Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. but Nathan, we're not getting your dislike right now. We're no. this is the <laughs> like section. I'm with Nathan on this. This is the way you do white text yes. and black background. Yeah. Yes. It stokes the yes. imagination, right? I agree. Because, because I agree. it starts building. You're like, what in the world's going on? Okay. And then then they sack the guy, and then they sneak back in, and they're getting more. And then finally, they fire the studio in Sweden that was hired to to do the, the credits, right? And mm -hmm. they hire a, a company out in Mexico. And <laughs> yes. It's brilliant. It's great. I, yeah. I love it. With the most racist backup of credits afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it had been so long since I've seen this. I thought I got a bad copy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I was going through the subtitle menu, like, how do I turn this off? (laughs) (laughs) Shanine, was your copy also corrupted with llamas? (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) But did that end up being something you liked, or was there something else? I do love that. And I will say, like, the first, like, five times I saw the movie, it threw me off every time. I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, what's happening right now? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But, no, one of my favorite parts, it's so silly and it just gets me every time is the running from far away with like the epic music <laughs> and just like, <laughs> playing the exact same clip again <laughs> and again and again and it's just a ridiculous gag but it gets mm-hmm. me every time okay you're talking That's about funny. when when Sir Lancelot is is yeah. storming the, the castle to save what he thinks is a princess no. but it's really the princess. I think when the swamp. group is just saying run away from wherever the danger is well yeah they're saying run away but are you talking about the scene where he's like constantly like running towards the castle yeah, yeah. And, oh, then okay, it'll, okay, and then okay. it'll pan back to the castle and the gotcha. and the and the wedding guests are doing whatever. And <laughs> yeah. then it will go back to him. <laughs> and yeah, the guard's that, just like, oh, there's a person there. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> made me chuckle because he like had this like this look of purpose and he's like, I must save this fair maiden, because that's what he was under the impression of. Like, and it's just like this gallant music, and he's like a man on a quest, and and then it just pans over to the wedding guests, and they're just kind of like Shanine, I'm sorry. I hate to call you out, but I don't think you realize they just reuse the same clip over <laughs> That's and what over makes again. it funny because no, no, how many see, times are you watching like an action movie where they do like edits and like, wait, did they just use the same clip <laughs> yeah. again? Like showing the dramatic yeah. running? And that's uh-huh. usually a, a downside. So I, I'm yes, but I, I, this, gonna, this was brings it full circle. This is how they kept the budget so low. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it appeals to some people because it tickled Shanine. And I even found myself. <sighs> obviously. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Shanine. Fantastic. <laughs> Ashley. So you really enjoyed uh, that element. Like Shanine said of uh, Lancelot, just going forward and then reusing the clip. Was that uh, the thing you liked or was there something else you enjoyed about this? No, film? what I enjoyed throughout the film was the number of callbacks that we that we were able to mm, see. Yes. Like how when the film first started out and Arthur was approaching the castle and they said you had coconuts and they were asking about swallows and mm-hmm. how there was a callback far, far later in the film about that at the at the bridge. Yeah. And he actually asked the question and he's like, African European. And he's like, I don't know. And I always enjoy when there's callbacks, especially with that and how we got the French taunters. They came back and we got the Knights who say knee multiple times. I just Mm -hmm. always love a good callback. And I feel that this, this movie did a really good job of having all those little callbacks, those little touches that just reminded you of something from earlier. And it was done in a really, in a really good job. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, that, um, it was on my like list. It didn't make the cut for my number, but I'll just add on that. I love that King Arthur sort of outsmarts the, the bridge keeper. By, with a callback. I, I like that that was a resolution that was used. I thought that was great for a comedy move, comedy. Right. Bit of content. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I totally can totally agree with that. Uh, let's go to Drew next. What is something you liked about this film? And then, Jacob, uh, why don't you go right after him? One of the things I love about this film, Black Beast stuff. Ah! <laughs> that entire sequence 
especially when the, the beast dies because the animator had a heart attack. <laughs> Gosh, yes. Mine kind of jumps into Brilliant. the... That's, That's awesome. Great. That, and now that makes a lot of sense because you guys... Did... Yeah, go ahead. And kind of jumps into the exact same thing because I love the animation throughout this entire movie. Like, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it's on twos or whatever. Animation style, definitely when they go to the, 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 the beast of roar or whatever the dragon's called. But just the animation in this movie, I love funny. Uh, there's a, the be like the movie yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of, but the animation in this movie just is just great for what it is. I agree. It's really? Fun. Yeah, okay, it's cool. fun. It's but, artistic. It's you know, it's that airbrush style. It's stylistic, and it and it brings variety. It it it. it I think it adds spice to it. I, like I spicy spice, but you know, I, flavor. It, it was kind of the art of the of the of that decade, also. Like it's definitely locked in the time frame of how they did art in that era, and so it it adds to everything. If we were in that time frame, we'd be like, oh yeah, this works. Not only that, but they're the medieval characters, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I was thinking, though? I, I was honestly thinking this today, that I think I would have enjoyed watching this so much better as an anime. Like, I was thinking, some of this is animated. What if this is all an anime? I think that'd be really interesting and cool to see a take, even if they use the same audio. <clears throat> I think that'd be interesting. And actually, you know, it had an ending, but we'll get to that later. something and all that. Um, but I think it Paul's works better as a, as a live action. That's I think- fine. Yeah. Let yeah. it just exist as it is. I it think was already that, done. It doesn't it need to be redone. Like, uh, Francisco, what you're suggesting is the same thing as us going, you know, uh, who framed Roger, Roger, Roger Rabbit would be better if it was all animated. It, like the yeah, magic been, is the fact that it's not. Yeah, it's probably better with live action, yeah. You could probably have that same argument with all of the Disney live action remakes. They should have just left them animated. <laughs> <laughs> At least the Lion King. <laughs> I I know, good listener, you cannot see my face right now, but it is it is a big old sour face right now. Wait. All right, <clears throat> let's go to Travis next. What's did did you really enjoy the animation part, or maybe there's some other element you liked about this this uh, film? Uh, something somebody mentioned earlier with the uh, the callbacks. I I, just, I wanted to add. I think that gave the film a lot of like continuity. Right, it's pretty zany going on, but it just mm-hmm. felt like it things together yeah um, yeah <clears throat> but but the thing that i really liked i was i think just the especially from the beginning the juxtaposition of you know these real places beautiful castle some of the peasant scenes where it felt pretty real and then you've got a lady you know banging a cat against a wall or just it felt like this beautiful chef's <laughs> kiss combination of of authentic and oh this is going to be like a really serious thing and then there's just something zany throw thrown in and i felt like that just repeats throughout throughout the movie oh Very so that sort of juxtaposition of like serious and silly yeah that's you know what i never really thought about that aspect of it but that is a that is appealing for sure i could i could totally see that <clears throat> um let's see dallas was that uh sort of mix of these two different uh tones uh something that made your like list I mean, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, the different tonality of the film as a whole. But um, one of the things specifically made my like list was actually I appreciated the way that they did the J and the L cuts throughout the entirety of the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many of the scenes why, have why the same describe, people. Why don't you describe – not everyone's a film major. Why don't you describe, yeah, describe what a J and L cuts? So on the timeline, the way that you, uh, you want to edit is you have the first couple frames of your video to carry over 
to the next one, but the audio, the first uh, couple frames of the audio from the second uh, um, clip needs to come in on the back end. And uh, that's called a, a J cut and L cuts just the reversed and mm-hmm. it's, it creates a flow of conversation. And the reason why I appreciated that was because of the fact that so many of these scenes had the same actors, mm-hmm. but doing different characters sometimes in the same moment. Great example was uh, the Holy hand grenade of Antioch mm-hmm. uh, fantastic uh, episode or portion of the whole thing. And, but you see the character literally like he's, he's one of the knights and then all of a sudden he's, you know, I don't know, a pope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a friar or something. <laughs> Friars yeah. Or like that. yeah. It's so but that you have the audio carry over and there you don't miss a beat. And I thought it was really well crafted the way they did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's in the same scene both times, but you it's seamless. You were like, Okay, yeah, this is a different cat altogether. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated mm-hmm. the the technique that went into making it. Absolutely, absolutely. Here, I thought they just had incredible makeup and costumes. I didn't realize that editing was involved. It was an audio trick, too? Whoa! Yeah. Well, what did you find that involved you into the movie, Paul? Well, my my kind of humor, I usually enjoy like the slapstick humor the most, which mm-hmm. is, some people categorize that as like dumbed-down humor, like simple mm-hmm. and everything. But what I really appreciated about this film is that it goes to the other spectrum of smart humor it takes Mm, mm. a lot of um uh there's arthur the king who's the authority and then you have like the the serfs and the servants who disrupt him it kind of this anti-authority it's it's like when arthur asked the castle guards if their lord was there and they just ask about the coconuts or Arthur asks about the the peasant who lives in the castle, and the and the peasant goes on to argue um, that he you know about the government and the class system and stuff. But it's using really smart verbiage to distract him from his goal, and it's just <laughs> hilarious the 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 way they do that. Yeah, they say very smart things in very stupid and silly ways. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, very well said. Yeah. And then um, the people who are meant to be smart are just idiots across mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's part of that juxtaposed thing is like you have the people who are supposed to be looked down upon, but they're actually very intelligent, but they're delivering it in a very ignorant fashion. And then you have the people who are supposed to be like the they are the people. You're like, no, you you really should just stop everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I may have more to say about that later. Uh, but what I have to say now is actually, and you you sort of touched on this, Nathan, uh, with the credits, but I. I, I'm not sure if it was like, what, what were their names? Dagger De, DeWolfy or something? Oh, DeWolf Music. <laughs> I think that's actually, um, not a person. It's like a, a music library that they use because it's probably just cheaper because they're trying to do this movie on the cheap. Actually, just, oh, they, okay. they uh, hired, um, somebody to do the score. Oh, and it was, it was too well. They went back and redid the entire film with the stock. Um, music because oh. uh, it, they it was too it made it more silly it made it it, it it flowed better it made it more comedic rather than it taking it too serious with the, oh. the music kind of and here I thought serious. they were trying to save money but apparently no, they actually they did, had they actually wads had two and schools. wads of cash to just pay composers <laughs> oh no I don't like that let's throw this yeah. one out okay so so now my okay I'm I'm gonna have myself I'm gonna have myself. <laughs> 
take a breath. But that stock music they may have added access to, and they they said it took a couple months for them to go through the library and and find the right songs. So well, that's, they probably so didn't pay time as much as, well. as they did oh, with their okay. time. <laughs> well, I, I I really liked the music they they picked. I thought it was yeah. very epic feeling, and I I I've been humming it to myself for a while now. So I I really enjoyed that aspect of the film. Uh, but what did we enjoy the most about Monty Python and the Holy Grail? What was the grail of this movie, so to speak? Uh, I'm going to kick it back over to Shanine. <laughs> um, the sheer quotability. Yes. There's yes. Just, yes. Mm. Couldn't have said so it better myself. To quote. Such as? Such as... Um, Help, like help. That. I'm being repressed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not bicker and argue over who killed who. <laughs> she turned me into a newt. I'm newt. I got better. <laughs> I was going to try to prove you wrong, but you're all doing different lines. I was going to be like, see, you all quote the same thing, but you don't, dig it. What are you going to do? Bleed on me. <laughs> I have a whole list of quotes written we down. We might as well just play the movie. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. <laughs> yeah, that'll do me some some good. Um, okay, so you really like the quotes. Do you have a favorite quote of all of them? Um, I mean, help, help, I'm being repressed has like a surprising amount of usability in okay. real life. <laughs> uh-huh. so that's a great one to just sure. have. Uh-huh. I was wondering if there are any others. <laughs> it's not like there's going to be more. You asked for a quote, I mean, sir. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, just, I'm sorry. Singular. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very fair. And obviously, Ashley liked the quotes too, but I'm not going to get to Ashley quite yet. I want to go yeah. to Travis. Uh, why, why don't you give us your favorite quote as well? We'll sort of keep that train going. And then what's something, what was your favorite thing about the film? Oh, I think my favorite quote would be like the whole run up to the holy hand grenade. Oh, okay. The, meeting, the you know, the, left, the, the not three, the but animals. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think my favorite thing, uh, it's, it's so hard because there's been so many good things mentioned too. But I think my favorite thing of the movie would be the scene with the swamp castle where Sir Lancelot comes in. Just, it feels like it at that time in the movie, it like really kind of pep, peps things up a bit and exposes the absurdity of the knights and I don't know, a lot of great quotes in that one too. Vast tracts of land. And the <laughs> castle fell, burned, fell down in the swamp, but I built the fourth one. But yeah, just that whole part, I think is just such a great. Uh, great scene of the movie but, and demonstrates a lot of like comedic timing and overboardness too. That that scene has my favorite line and is like, one day lad, all of this will be yours. <laughs> what the curtains? No, not the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but you know what? You have to you have to keep in mind, Travis, and this may if if this makes you decide you want something else to be your favorite, here's the thing. So when when what's his name? The Dennis, is that the kid's name? That the the prince or whatever, or does he have a name? I forget. Anyway. Like Herbert or something? Oh, that could be it, yeah. Prince Prince Herbert. Herbert. When Prince Herbert is like, he's like writing on the note to send, to shoot an arrow out that kills, uh, or doesn't kill Lancelot Squire. It it, it just, oh dear Concord. Yes. So when he's scribbling it down, I was looking, it's just like a a line that's, I guess, could be cursive, but it's not anything as intricate as what Lancelot actually picks up and reads. So, so, you know, if you want to say, you know what, this is not my favorite scene anymore. I totally fine. You can pick something else. Okay. Yeah. I think that was intentional. Um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) 
set in motion many years before you were even a thing. <laughs> but Fine. I won't change my mind. Excellent Fine, point. Travis. Thanks for your feedback. Actually, <laughs> get him more banana bread. <laughs> I'm probably going to be making three loaves. Oh my gosh! He'll need one for me. I get I get three. No, you'll need at least a single one yourself mm. at the rate you're going. <sighs> okay. Let's hear from Jacob and Drew. Uh, let's start with Jacob. What's the thing you loved most about uh, Monty Python? And uh, my favorite part would be the ending of the film. The 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 fact that they, like they, what I understand, a budget they didn't have permits. What they were doing the the basket battle they were supposed to be doing this, and the police show up and shut them down. And it's all recorded. That was freaking genius when it comes to what they were doing with the film itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With tying in these cops and best uh, that was so awkwardly placed throughout the entire film. And they kind of tie that back in with this. Oh, they ran. They didn't have a permit to do this. So they ended the film this way. I thought that was genius. So, <laughs> so that is, yeah, that's mine. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say, uh, I agree. Um, yeah. the, I, 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 I'm Drew go. Cause I had addressed both of you and then Paul just did not listen to Sorry, instructions. It's like I'm an interrupter. <laughs> gotta work on that. <laughs> go ahead. Drew. The scene that makes me laugh every single this movie is, is, uh, the bit with Sir Robin and the three headed knight, that entire oh scene just tickles me in ways I can't, exp- <laughs> especially with the, the way the, 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 the uh, the, the singer, his, his, his I, I can't, uh, minstrels, his band, the minstrels, uh, the, the way, way he's, they're always like the fact, oh, yes, not really wanting to attack. And then he runs away and they're talking about, beat a very brave retreat of the brave Saran. <laughs> that whole sequence is hilarious. I mean, sure. But you know what? You know what I'm gravitating toward? I think I think I'm very much in line with Jacob that when the when this ended, that's his favorite thing. That's what I heard. Um, not what he uh, said. I think that's what he said. Nope. Uh, let's go next Thanks. to let's go next to Ashley. What's your favorite thing about this film? Well, well, I was gonna say all of us were saying quotes. So oh yeah, I'm oh, not, yeah, I'm not gonna yes. dare forget one of my favorite quotes because I wrote down about like 15 of them. But uh one of my favorite quotes that I feel like you could you could apply like if you were taunting people you you could say now go away or I shall taunt you for a second time now and, go away or I shall taunt you a second time Yeah I just I just found that hysterical but um since what would have been my classic maker was the quotability I'll mm-hmm. go with another thing that I have okay, here yeah, yeah. what I thought was just so fantastic is just the versatility of the Monty Python troupe and their ability to portray a That's, vast yes. array of characters yeah. and just hearing yeah. what Dallas was describing and all the edits and cuts to mm-hmm. have people who per- portrayed different characters who are literally like standing like face to face, side to side, whatever, and just how intricate it is on a shoestring budget making a production of this size happen is just so impressive. And yeah. I will say I'm just I'm just impressed by the sheer versatility of all the actors because <laughs> they did such a good job. It's true. It's amazing. Absolutely. Every yeah, time I, that I watch this, I I, I I see more, oh, that's that person. Yeah, you yeah. notice that the character who's playing this person, oh, wait, the guy yeah. that plays yep. Arthur is one of the three heads. Yeah. And hey, like the taunting Frenchman is also the Black Knight, and <laughs> mm-hmm. he's also mm-hmm. this, and he's also that. And it's just like, oh, it's that one. And then you're like, you're making the connections as you go back and rewatch, and you're like, 
Yeah. They're just proving again and again just yeah. how incredibly versatile mm-hmm. they are as True. actors because Absolutely. they're acting <clears throat> against each other all the time and they're just portraying so many different people and it's wonderful. That yeah. seems like especially it'd be hard. I mean, they had the two directors on this, but it seems like that'd be hard to keep straight in my head. Okay, you're this and, and now you're doing that. The directors and, yeah. were acting too. So yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> oh my word. So that that is actually very impressive. That's a good point, Ashley. Yeah. Um Let's see. Dallas, why don't you make us a good point about your classic maker? Yeah, so my classic maker about the film is it's similar to the conversation about the quotes, but it's kind of how the film itself has transcended into culture and into communities. Like Not in my uh, culture. Not in my uh, community. Except for it is on a regular basis. No! Yeah. Much to your chagrin. <laughs> Kind of you bring it up all the time. I know what you're going to rate it. Hate it. The more we will throw it at you. <laughs> oh Make his blood. But I, I love this movie, guys. Where are you well, yeah, about? you love to hate it. No, <laughs> you you put it, but you could even like quote this movie. You could be put it. Could refer to it as a person. Put yeah. it. <laughs> but the whole thing just transcends. Like I, uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast right now, visually behind me, I have the two peas from um, VeggieTales. Uh, from VeggieTales, mm-hmm. it's a it's a pure homage to this movie yeah. and to the characters of the Frenchman. And beyond that, like legitimately, like this is one of those films where I can sit with people and like laugh and talk. Like there's communities of individuals who like you come up, you make a quote. And you spend 15 minutes quoting and laughing. And I love the fact this film has been able to create that. Um, it, it creates a space for people just to have fun and to enjoy. Whether it's at your expense or not retro, it's a, it's a great time for us to laugh and get together. Yes. All right. That's, that's a very fine point, Dallas, I and suppose. And there was much rejoicing, guys. Yay. Yay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> felt apt i uh, i won't i won't i won't agree to that anyway but okay um <laughs> let's go next to uh someone i might agree with we'll see and uh, nathan james norman what did you love most about monty python's holy grail okay buckle up Uh-oh, here, here we, we go. go buckle your safety belt my favorite part now of monty python and the holy grail is the ending so when here, I first here. saw this as a teenager, here, here, yes, it ended. <laughs> I man, I'm surprised it didn't make my my like list. You guys I said are, the ending, not that it ended. The end, yeah, Those I are heard. Different I heard that. <laughs> so when it when when it's over, yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. No, yeah. no, the concluding scene. Oh, so so when you get up out of your seat in the theater, that's what you love the most. I hope I'm not being filmed when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> not a pretty sight. Uh, no, when I first saw this as a teenager, I hated the ending because oh, okay. the story is all abruptly ended. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it took me getting a college education to <laughs> to appreciate the ending because I was an English literature major and mm-hmm. taking medieval literature. I oh, realized. Wow. I mean, they obviously had to end it the way they did because of budgetary constraints. They had this whole plan where swallows were going to come and drop coconuts on the French. Uh, but, you know, they couldn't do that because of budgetary concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way they ended it is actually the way so many medieval romantic stories end. You have Chaucer and he has the Canterbury Tales and you mm-hmm. have all of these pilgrims traveling and they all tell a story. And the idea Chaucer had was that every pilgrim would tell this story. Well, mm-hmm. he abandoned it before they get to the Holy Land. Right, he never finished his story. Mm-hmm. You have Edmund boring, Spencer, one of my favorite books, <laughs> The Fairy Queen. Right, you have uh, you have the Fairy Queen, and you're supposed to get all these books, 
and and then it just ends. You know, you don't get the whole story. Oh, wow. And th- that was pretty much the medieval romantic stories is they'd have these grandiose ideas and then they just Twitter out and th- it'd be over. They'd be abandoned works and they'd never get finished. Um, oh, interesting. Huh. And this is why we don't that, we don't know where Excalibur is today because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> well, and with the Nail grail, the I mean, it. so again, reading medieval literature about uh, all of these uh, Arthurian legends, the whole movie kind of follows that, where they set up, oh, go find the grail. Well, why? First of all, what's the grail? What does it do? Why should we find it? They don't define it in this movie, and they don't define it in the, the, uh, the literature either. The story just ends. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, I just realized watching it this time, I haven't seen this movie in like 20 years, oh, what wow. I realized is that the Monty Python crew, King Arthur and his people, were not definitively the murderers of the historian. They had nothing to do with it. It was another film, another production. How do I know that? Because Arthur and his men couldn't afford horses. They had right. coconuts. The guy who killed the historian oh. was on a horse. Yeah, <laughs> and as the woman gets though. out, she's like, that's them, officer. I'm sure of it. Yeah. yeah. No. No. That's yeah. interesting. I never really thought about that. That's so a cool, I like, like, so, so I hated dang, getting yeah. as a teenager. And then I went through all this lit and I'm like, oh my goodness, this, this is medieval romance played out in comedy. Which is ironically, it's a comedy, haha. But in Shakespearean terms, it turns into a tragedy because they all get arrested. Yeah, right. yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Well, Which is funny in and of itself. The ending the, is also just a cop out. It's a literal cop out. Sure. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the cop came out. Is that exactly. why? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Hey, for a bonus thing for the ending, I I, I will agree this is a good ending because, um, like Nathan said, they had this other ending planned. Mm-hmm. They were going to find the Holy Grail at a, a well-known gift shop in England where they supposedly have everything, including the Grail. Uh-huh. And to me, that just sounds dumb. I'm sure they would yeah. have done a nice job of it. But mm-hmm. in retrospect, this sounds better. Let's just mm-hmm. cut it. <laughs> okay. And, and what, it keeps the mystery. But yeah. what would you be so sad if they did cut it? Because it was your favorite thing, Paul. Let's get you a classic maker. Oh. Wow. Where were we? All right. What is my? Oh, I, thought, uh, I thought that was your class. That was your classic maker. No, that's that's <laughs> not my classic maker. If I can find the right, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. Please do. My classic maker is the confrontation between the age-old century debate between the English and the French. I just love the the back and forth between them. That's my favorite part of the film. They're classic characters, especially the French. Uh, I love the the back and forth. It's I, I quote it all the time. I fart in your general direction. So it's it's my favorite part of this film. My classic maker are the is the confrontation between the English and oh, the French. Oh 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 oh! This is one of the classic Paul ruses. You make me think it's one thing, and it's like, I just can't something else. So so no, for real. What's your real classic maker, Paul? You make me sad. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so. It's like Tuesday, but no. What's your real classic maker? That is my classic maker. Dang it, Paul! <laughs> Yay! That's I concur. 
fine. Right. <clears throat> How about you guys concur with my classic maker? Let's end with this, uh, guys, because this you guys are going to agree. This is the best thing. I mean, you all had your own best things, but when you hear this, you'll be like, wow, Francisco. Will we? You if it's the Black Knight confrontation, I might agree, but man. let's hear. <laughs> That's on a different list. No, so my classic maker is um, that there's so many pieces of this film that could have been made for such a great fantasy epic. I mean, I if, if they were made this yeah, in this a film. serious way, if they took pieces of this and actually uh, incorporated it into a serious film, like a serious fantasy, this the way it shot in so many ways. I love the cinematography in a lot of places, and the characters seem interesting. The the villains they come in in contact with the three headed guy, the um the knights yep. who say knee even, except for the comedy of them. I mean, every if they take all the characters and strip them of their comedic British essence. I think you got a real winner of a fantasy epic here. That sounds like Francis' fabulous fan fiction. So I, I see. So, so dear listener, I, I know you can't see everyone, but everyone is nodding in heated agreement with me. It's amazing. I, I am, I am perplexed at how you guys are just like, just nodding. You can, you guys can speak up. You can say how much you agree. I don't know why you keep whispering that, Ashley. Don't Um, believe his lies. You have to whisper that into his microphone because he can just edit you out otherwise. He he, he very well could, but let's say it for the folks in the back. Don't believe his lies. That sounds like an episode of Francisco's Fabulous Fan Fiction Husband. This This is not Memento, nor Quigley Down Under. But now we have all shared the things we loved most about this film. I'm sure there are probably or, more things, not on my list, but there, I'm sure there are probably more things on your guys's. Um, oh, you know what? Wait, no. There is one more thing I like. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, I know. It's surprising. I have one more thing I like, but I neglected to say this. And that is, of course, Stunning and Brave. Each week, hosts, uh, hosts skateboard model Chris Cowan and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right, you have no choice. Uh, <laughs> so check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. That's great, Francisco. But what does Stunning and Brave have to do with Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Oh, you know what? I just realized it. it, They have nothing to do with it. I was thinking, oh, they're a comedy podcast, and there's nothing really comedic in this film. So really, there's no connection at all. I'm sorry, Paul. I should pick something else. Yeah, go for it. Pick something else. (laughs) (laughs) I have time for that. So how about some trivia? There we go. Yeah, much better. (laughs) Did you all realize that Sir Michael Palin played 12 characters such as First Swallow Savvy Guard, Dennis, Sir Galahad the Pure, Narrator, King of Swamp Castle, and the leader of the Knights Who Say Knee, among several others. He ended up actually playing the most characters of all the actors. My question to you all is, uh, which character in this film would you want to play if you had the opportunity, opportunity to? So let's begin with Ashley. I was going to say, can I be sir not appearing in this film? Oh, but, yes. uh, and uh, also uh, if, uh, if someone takes your character, you can't, you can't take it. It's already taken. So you have to come up with a different one. <laughs> 
Well, no, not Sir not appearing in this film. I just think that's a good gag. Um, I honestly would probably want to be one of the knights who say knee because saying knee, knee, knee just sounds like a bunch of fun to be one of those background actors and just shout out one random word um, just because it's fun. And then to do it later on and go knee and then have like this guy like on stilts tell you to shh. <laughs> just sounds so fun. Plus knee. Is just a fun thing to say. So I would want to be one of the random knights of knee. Not necessarily like John Cleese on stilts, but uh, yeah. All right. Wait, was jo- was that? Jo- I thought Michael that was, was Sir Michael Palin. Okay, yeah. Michael Palin. He's he the one. All, all one good. There's so, yeah, so many of the guys that I mix up. But yeah, I would not want to be actor on stilts to play 12 foot. That's head fair. Head knight of knee. No, just one of the random knights of knee. How about you, Paul? Oh, well, since my classic maker is the French <laughs> confrontation, I would love to be the French taunter with that outrageous French accent. I would love oh, yeah. to have Gosh. that. Yeah. That would All be right. so fun. How about you, Shanine? Um, well, I can't find their names, but one of the peasants. The um, peasants? Okay. Which one? The one, <laughs> the one eating the mud? The one... Come and see the violence inherent in the system. That that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, then Nathan. Uh, I think I'd want to be Lancelot. Lancelot, okay. You know, he storms the, the castle anthrax, saving his his friend from certain peril. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we need to talk about that real quick. Because, uh, yeah, it did not make my two things. So, explain, riddle me this, guys. Oh, no. They say they're going to split up to find the grail. Yeah. And why is Lancelot helping Sir Galahad? He should he should be somewhere else. Why is he, he there? He saw the the Grail signal too. Yeah. We were in the nick of time. You were in great peril. Identify Wallace. You were in terrible peril. I mean, I guess that's a decent <laughs> explanation. Couldn't help himself, so he relied on the help of his fellow knight. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Okay, thank you, Nathan Lancelot. Uh, let's see, uh, Travis. How about you? Oh, um, it's like Tim the Enchanter. Yes. Nice. All right. That was my second pick. Good job. Uh, I Dallas. like his outrageous Scottish accent. He has an outrageous accent. <laughs> just the you get to wear that flag. fun, yeah, and, that fun <laughs> and that exactly. fun headpiece. Yeah, and you get to just horns. randomly go. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And blow stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas. I changed my mind, but I can't. <laughs> Too late, Paul. <laughs> Oh man, you guys are taking a lot of the ones I want to do. Um, I want to be the rabbit. I think that the rabbit. <laughs> really, best answer. Oh my god, the bones. <laughs> and then let's do Drew, then Jacob. Uh, I think I play Sir Robin because playing a cat fun. Wow. All right, Sir Robin. Hmm. I had my own pick out the. <laughs> Paul stole mine, but oh, oh it's Dallas. Oh, Dallas. Sorry. <laughs> With uh, Ash's response, just be another one of those uh, the the backup for uh, the knights who say knee. You just you're like one of the little background characters say knee 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 the entire time. Sorry, no, pick a different one. They're no, they're all classified several. as I don't care. No, nope. they're all individual actors. They're yeah. all unique, Francisco. <sighs> they are the knights of knee. I said a random knight of knee. He can be another random knight of knee. Fine, fine, knee. guys, fine. There was more than one. All right. Well, we have quite the collection. So, so when we re, uh, when we take our own uh, production of Mind Path and the Holy Grail, we will have uh, 
well, the part who of are you, Francisco? King Arthur. Oh, Obvi. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> That's I didn't so obvious. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't vote for you either. And that's right, and no one will. Ha 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 ha! The first one to say "run away." <laughs> Nathan, do you want to be excised from my kingdom? Because you're about to be. <laughs> so you I have need some help with the uh, escape pod there. You have Francisco playing uh, King Arthur, Lancelot being played by Nathan, uh, Robin being played by Drew, uh, Tim being played by Travis. Uh, let's see. Uh, who is this? Oh, the rabbit is played by Dallas. Uh, the Frenchman with the outrageous French accent is played by Paul. And we have two knights that say knee, uh, played by Jacob and Ashley. And Shanine is playing the peasant who is being, uh, repressed. So be it. I think that was the right one, Shanine. All right, guys. Great, Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. And now that we've all had some trivia fun, trivial fun, what kind of, whatever. We had fun. Let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Let's do it. So, first up, Who Will Save Generation X podcast says, I remember three things about this movie. One, the Black Knight scene was kind of freaky, but also hilarious. (sighs) Two, when I was 10, my mom walking in the room just as the Castle Anthrax scene started uh, talking about spanking and oral sex. And finally, five... Really? You're going to do a joke here? Why not? It's funny. He says five instead of three. That's a running gag. I thought you said you like running gags. Oh, I get it. But maybe I don't want it. Five, it was formative in my love for intelligent yet absurd silly humor and changed what the definition of funny means to me forever. The world is still trying to catch up with what the Pythons did back in the 70s. Celeste Morris says, what is your name? What is your quest? What is the velocity of a swallow? Uh, what is it? Uh, American, United Statesian, or Canadian? Say United European or African. You're Antarctican or Kenyan? Your line is. <laughs> My line is, <laughs> Jeff Eames says, the Black Knight. Why are you making me say this one? is only a flesh wound haha no come on put some effort into it make it sound like just a flesh wound (laughs) it's only a flesh wound there we go (laughs) david bopke says i remember a lot of moose interfering during the opening credits (laughs) yeah and where was that moose i did not see a moose anywhere it's in the credits you don't see anybody moving on he continues it's in the third scene from the last i didn't see any moose baby had grown into a sturdy young bull he continues on For as many memorable bits as there are in this film, the ending has always felt too sudden, but Mm. so many scenes are such a joy to watch. I don't think of it as a sketch movie, quote unquote, as some people might. He put the emphasis on some, not me. I didn't say movie. He goes on to say, maybe he goes on to say, but it certainly leans that way more than the average comedy. Francisco's opinion shall not pass, but it's okay. (laughs) It's only a model. But I wonder what else might not pass for everyone reviewing this film. Oh, my gosh. Reed Benson says, I remember enjoying most everything until the ending. The first time I watched it, probably in elementary school, the abruptness of the anticlimax confused me so much as a kid. I didn't yet understand that the film wasn't even so much a movie exactly as a set of series uh, as it was a series of vignettes. 
But even today, I still like the Flying Circus sketch comedy show better than any of the Monty Python movies. And Andrew Ricketts says he remembers that I don't like I don't like it. I just don't get it. Very fair. And maybe there are some a lot of things not to like about uh, this this collection of skits, like Andrew said. So let's time to get into our worst clothes. The things we didn't like about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And as is custom, I will start us off, guys. I'll get this hate train rolling. I choo-choo, right? Right? You guys are like... Good. Give in just... your hatred. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going you're gonna to drive it so far it goes off the rails. Wow! So oh. be it! Okay, guys. Do we get a warm train out of this? No. Aww. This Black Knight sketch is so... Frustrating. This this guy would be in shock or or passed out. He's not gonna be just like, oh yeah, oh it's and then he's he it doesn't he just says it's only a flesh wound. Does he not know what a flesh wound is? Yes, I guess his flesh is technically wounded, but that's not what that means. So he's I guess a dumb black knight. And how is it that he's able to uh, just get rid of this other guy and then King Arthur's, who probably hasn't fought much in his life, is able to just uh, take him out by by just touching his arms with his sword. It's not like he slices through, he just sort of touches or like scrapes or, or tickles him and his arms fall off. And then he's just in the ground. It's like, I'm going to get you. What, what are you talking about? You're not going to get anyone. It's just so, so nonsensical. Well, that's the point. And plus, <laughs> I thought you'd like this because much like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, he says, none shall pass. Yeah, that's into it for me. Yeah. <sighs> so I, that's, I, and I'm sure... You, 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 you might have more appreciation of this because uh, John Cleese, who played the Black Knight, was mm-hmm. the writer, uh, main writer of this sketch. And he based it, he said he based it off a story he heard back in like, maybe it was Greek time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But these two people were fighting mm-hmm. and they were fighting for such a long time. I forget the, the amount of time, but they were fighting so long that they kept getting more and more injured. And finally, one guy he said... He, after breaking his arm, he said, I give up. Okay. And and he walked away and they, they announced the other guy was the winner. But the other guy had already died. He didn't know that. The dead guy won because the, the guy who broke his arm gave up. And it, it was a moral the lesson, like, don't give up because you don't know what the other person's going through. And it's based on that kind of sketch. It's like, and that's what the Black Knight, he has that same tenacity. Like, I just won't give up. I'm just going to keep on going no matter what. But he lost. And he, no, he kept going. Like, he, and did he Arthur didn't lose. Him? He was still trying to protect that ground. He just couldn't it, go anywhere because he didn't have any legs or arms. If, <laughs> if the point of him being there was to let no one pass, he lost because Arthur passed. But no, he he brought it to the point, like you said, absurdity. That's the point. Mm -hmm. The point is to be absurd. Yes. No, the point for it was to not have someone go into this film thinking the point of this film is to be absurd. People were probably listening to this very episode thinking this is going to be absurd. (laughs) Right. And if you're trying to make sense of the absurdity, that was your first mistake. Yeah. One of many, it sounds like. (laughs) Many to be seen and heard, I'm sure. I didn't like it, all right? I didn't like it. Uh, Dallas, why don't you share, why don't you tell me why you didn't like that scene? 
<laughs> I, I love that scene. I think it's hysterical. It's part of my spe- Apparently uh, you're not listening to oh, the nice. instructions, <laughs> Dallas. But okay. Well, what didn't you like about this? Um, I didn't care for uh, the scene with God. And it was kind of, it was mocking him and the fact he's complaining about the Psalms and stuff. Um, I get like, I, you can't, you shouldn't expect non-Christians to act Christians. Um, but that did bother me. I was glad that, hmm. that scene kind of comes and goes pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was annoying to me. How would you have preferred them to do it? Uh, just not do it. Well, then how is he supposed to do this? It's like the main the, crux the of the film. <laughs> the, the cheat is you have an angel deliver yeah. the message. Ah, uh, okay, well, that's fair. And and not only that, they didn't have to go into the whole, like, I'm, I'm tired. And, yeah. yeah. I don't, that I don't, was a part, that was part that it just went over for was when he was complaining yeah, about they the They could have cut out easily a couple lines and it would have been mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there is fair. one good line in there, I think, from a Christian standpoint, one where good? they go, Good idea, Lord. Of course it's a good idea, right? Yes. <laughs> I love that. that. Funny. I feel like that's my spiritual walk with the Lord sometimes. I was like, Oh, that's a good idea, Lord. Of course it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm God. <laughs> also, one of my favorite lines of the whole film. Yes. Wow. But no, right. I, I agree with you, Dallas. I, I think in general, and I believe I, I don't. I, I don't know if this is true. They used Karl Marx's visage to uh, represent really? God. I, I, I don't wow. know if that's true. But in the commentary, yeah, in the commentary, uh, Terry Gilliam said he used a, a, a an older football player, which is American soccer. Uh, yeah, that I said. I don't remember Karl Marx, but I remember hearing or reading that was someone else. But but like I've heard that it that, looks that, like it. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that rumor that it was Karl Marx. Too. This is what happens before the internet and when you're you know a teenager talking about things at school. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. even when you do have the internet, there's a lot of. <laughs> well, yeah, good point. Nope, everything's true. Yep. So oh. was was that also something you didn't like, Nathan, or was there something else that made you just? Yeah, like actually, this? well. Um, yeah, I'll 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 get it was my tragic maker. I'll Oh I'll no. Jump over there. Was the uh was the religious humor? Mm-hmm. Like I I don't like humor that basically says those people are stupid, right? Oh, if you're okay. not part of that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter if you're Jewish, it doesn't matter if you're Muslim. I don't I I've never find that kind of humor funny. And that was throughout it. I mean, the uh the monks that are hitting themselves in the head, that's an actual prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, the the peace of Christ uh, be upon us, uh-huh. and they they could have picked some other Latin thing to to add to that instead of taking regular daily prayers that people pray all around the world. I'm um, honestly glad they didn't add to it and make it worse. <laughs> knowing no, them, <laughs> yeah, I hear you, but they could have just come up with some other silly Latin stuff to throw. <laughs> sure, in there. that's that's true. Um, mm-hmm. But with the exception of, I think, like the holy hand grenade scene is hilarious yeah. because they're not. They're not saying, oh, these people are stupid. They're they're poking fun at the ancient how the ancient text would would communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I personally find that hilarious and it doesn't feel that's uh, that's exactly right. They said they, they would go they would have church at, at the School of England, they would have mass every morning or and they would read they said especially the Old Testament was boring and the kind of repetitive. They found some of the New Testament was kind of more interesting. So this whole holy Antioch was based on the reading of the Old Testament text. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was poking fun, which is okay. But the, the you know, these people <laughs> are really stupid. Yeah, 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 that kind of humor doesn't yeah. And you know, blasphemous humor, as mm-hmm. as Dallas yeah. pointed out, is uh, you know, not cool. That's fair. Okay, uh, that, that might make it cross the line. Speculation. That non shall pass. <laughs> Why are you bringing that back up? Bull? 
<laughs> Don't worry. Uh, just a flesh wound. <laughs> Shanine, what would you have considered a flesh wound for this movie? That it wasn't very good. All right. Well, like Francisco, I had a hard time coming up with things that I didn't like, so just had to start making stuff up. Um, <laughs> I want to be your friend, Shanine. <laughs> Um, but I guess I just found King Arthur and the Grail to be the least interesting part of the movie overall. Like the main, Mm -hmm. the side characters make the movie. Uh, Okay, for me. So okay, yeah, okay. So the knights too, you didn't care for, or is or is just is if. You were a side character, you were enjoyable, and if you were like one of the main like questers, you weren't as enjoyable. Is that the 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 defining line? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um of of all the knights, which were you most interested in? Of I, I know you they're the least ones, but which one do you like the most? Probably Lancelot. Or okay. Sir does not appear in this film. Yes. Oh <laughs> Fine. All right. Um, let's go to who's next. Um, Jacob and Drew. Let's go to you guys. What did you uh, not like about this film? Let's and and if you so Shanine got it wrong. I actually have tons of things I don't like. So if you need help, I can help you with uh, items. <laughs> I can help you with items. Let's start with Jacob though, and then Drew. Why don't you give it right after Jacob? Your one thing you didn't. One like. thing I didn't like about this film was the the skit orientation of everything. Be like, it felt it was just like a, a row of skits. I understand they were going towards the objective of just making a whole story, but there was a lot of the like the first part really didn't jive with one another, and there were certain aspects of that I just really didn't enjoy. But mm. and like, yeah, it was just like some th- some of the like. A lot of these stories that really mm-hmm. they're like they didn't jive together like at first, but as the story concluded, it'd be like you had this the the narrative of the whole movie mm. kind of just wrap itself up. But the the skits parts of the film be like wasn't my mm-hmm. my cup of tea. Okay. You have ha- preferred a more like a a better through line for everything or more co- connectivity between scene to scene? Something connectivity. like connectivity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about you, Drew? Monty Python's humor, that their troops' humor, is meant to be non sequitur, meaning it does. That's literally what that Latin means. So, it, to me, the absurdity of jumping from one thing to another is fine. For, and besides, most, most of the comedy in here, I think, is spot on. It's creative and clever. And that is why Castle Anther, I've seen, pisses me off so much because it's just a string of sex jokes. <laughs> And they're not in clever sex jokes. The cleverest True. thing in the entire scene they is when they break. Do you think this, this scene should have been? And I'm right. sitting there going, "Yes." <laughs> so yeah, the Castle Anthrax scene is the <laughs> I hate the most. Uh, for me, not what I hate the most, but one of the things I really don't like from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's fair. And you know what? In a way, the whole movie was like Castle Anthrax. So really, you don't like the whole movie. And I, you know, I, I can, I can, I can. Uh, I can see Jeez. where you're going with Quit that. Putting words so, in my mouth, Roy. What? Roy. Sorry. What? There's no Roy here. Okay, let's go with. Is uh, that the non-existent way? Is that the way you were referring to? 
Travis, instead of piling on me, why don't you pile on this movie with something you didn't like? Okay. Um. Oh, let's see. I'm torn between the what I didn't like and my tragic maker. But I, yeah, I think the uh, for me the part <laughs> I didn't like, kind of like what Drew was saying, was the when they broke the fourth wall in Castle Anthrax. Like the scene was like it hit some tropes of English of English literature of like oh we're saving the fair maidens. But I put a sword between you know just weird stuff. You're like mm-hmm, why are you mm-hmm. doing that thing? Um, yeah. When they broke the fourth wall and had everybody get on with it, that part kind of just felt very uh, different from yes, from the rest of the, of the film. Wait, so you didn't like the fourth wall breaking or you did? I, I got I a little did, confused there. I did not. Oh, really? Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's that's one of the things I actually enjoyed the most. But okay. um, wow, it's like list, opposite but... day for Francisco, but <laughs> it's normal every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you, do you like that? Uh, do you appreciate that in other films at all, Travis? Or is that usually a thing you don't like in, in, in films? Um, it kind of, dip- I mean, I think more in like te- like the office or things like that, right? Where it mm-hmm. has, I do enjoy it a lot more in those kind of okay. things. But, oh, um, interesting. Yeah, struggling to think of like some film examples where that. I was going to say stay away from Freakazoid, but you might <laughs> like it. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Or Saved by the Bell. He talks the fourth, the, mm. uh, breaks the fourth wall all the time. Time out. Um, okay, cool. Thank you, Travis. Uh, let's go, uh, to, Paul and actually, no, let's go to Ashley next and then Paul and we'll get to Tragic Makers. I know this was something that people actually liked, but I purpose, I didn't care for the opening credits. I didn't care oh. for the through line of people getting sacked and then the replacements getting sacked and then all of the llamas and <laughs> uh, it was it was too much for me. Like I, I get I get that people enjoyed it, but I did it did not appeal to me and i was like these credits are too long they're too long make them be over and then they were over and then i was happy i will speak more to that in a bit so yes yes here 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 ashley here. but hey i think you dislike it significantly more than me no i think i think what i'm hearing from you is that this film really just puts puts a bad taste in your mouth right from the start oh that's really yeah that's really telling i don't I, I think it's that. just the stage. um but it, it, you're done now ashley i'm sorry we got we gotta wow. move on to somebody else <laughs> okay then be well, quiet. Be... i order you to be quiet get on with it then francisco <laughs> <laughs> hey nathan do you do uh marriage counseling classes uh, not, not Monty Python based, unfortunately. Oh my God. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You're still getting That's actually a line for my marriage counseling session. <laughs> Fall. Why are you giving me something you didn't like? King Arthur, who's the only character in this film mm-hmm. that is directed by God himself and is the only one to take. The Lord's name in vain oh. several times. <laughs> right. It's like pick a lane. Like what what what's yeah. it gonna be? That's so, fair. I did not like I don't I don't like hearing that and it, it bothered me. What would it have made it better if more care like all the characters no, did that? You know, th- throw more giant wooden rabbits at characters, just don't have them make them shout the Lord's name in vain when it's coming at them. I don't all right. <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> you know they can run away, <laughs> but they don't have to, or at least he doesn't have to. <sighs> All right, that's very fair, Paul. Um, and Paul, why don't you 
give us why don't you just keep it going with your tragic maker, the thing you hated most about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. All right. And it's basically going along what uh, Dallas and, and Nathan said. Oh. It's it's God warning people not not or sorry, it's God not wanting people to be remorseful or not liking the Psalms, his own book. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's that whole I know they they come the Monty Python group comes from a a stem of anti authority, mm-hmm. but when you have God Himself not being like like they said it, it's it's blasphemous, so mm-hmm. it's not good. Yeah, uh, though I, I mean I think Dallas even made this point that you can't expect people that aren't believers to make a. Film that's not, but gonna that be doesn't mean I have to like it. In fact, no, that's the worst thing about this film, regardless. Right. This film is the worst film. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't I'm say surprised. that. <laughs> oh, I'm oh. warning you. So when we're making films, don't make it like this because it's the worst. Is that what you're saying? I'm just trying to make sure I understand. I I think I'm ignoring you because everything you're saying is just non-garbled. Oh, so when I call back Monty Python, no one wants to go in for it. But when all y'all do it, it's, oh, it's so funny. Oh, I (laughs) Just for listeners, speaking of marriage counseling, listening at home, this is a good example of gaslighting. What (laughs) (laughs) Where we're saying one thing, but he's trying to convince us that we're believing in saying another thing. If you find yourself in a relationship like this, by all means, talk to someone. Make sure you're grounded. You're not crazy and you're not alone. Right. <laughs> Thank you for that, Nathan. Now, why don't you give us a PSA about what your tragic maker for this film is? Yeah, my tragic maker was really the religious stuff I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah, but, that's right. You did say that. Yes. But one of, one of the other things that, that's always bothered me is the first part of the movie here, King Arthur is going and gathering knights for his round table at Camelot. Great. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they get to Camelot. You have the silly song. And he goes, on second thought, let's not go to Camelot. <laughs> it's yeah. a silly place. It's I didn't really place. understand the right, point so of then that. He, then, which, again, it's a comedy sketch. But still, like, well, you, what was the plan? And where were they going yeah. when God all of a sudden appeared? If God didn't appear... They were going to yeah. go to Camelot, but I think God appearing... No, no, he says on second course. thought, let's not go there. It's a very silly place. And they're like, yeah. And, and then they, they experience God. In another direction. And then God appears. Oh, and then God appears? Oh. Right. Yeah. So where in the world were they going to go? Yeah. Look for more plan? nights. He knew that they were singing Dancing Fools this whole time while he's gathering people. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I think yeah. they did it for the joke. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Well, maybe they need to but go the back to the Ryan good internal logic other than that. No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's just one thing that bothered me. It's, yeah. All right. It's a small thing. Very fair. Uh, let's go to uh, Drew and Jacob. What things were not so small? They're the largest things that you hated about this film. So, yeah, the film does come to an abrupt end, but then for some odd reason, they just play the organ again. For what? a good two, three, four minutes. And that, yeah, that organ. Um, On a black yeah, screen. that, yeah, exactly. What were we doing? Were we padding out the runtime or a black screen for uh, to, to hit a certain number so it could be officially be exactly. called feature length? What's up with that? I'm going to credit to say the end. Yeah, I, I don't want to say the end. That would break the whole point of the scene. Honestly. It. But it's like, it just, it, black screen. My, my TV went off when that, when that, when we got to that point. Wow. One of the reasons why I think they did that is because um, 
some people at some of the showings they thought the the reel had broken when they because it after the guy grabs the camera the the it shows the film going away and they thought you know the the reel had broken so they put in the the music afterwards with the black screen just indicating to the audience these were during the test he, they did a few test audiences beforehand indicating that okay this is the okay, end okay but like, this is the there's age nothing coming after mm. and DVDs okay. and that makes sets. sense you just gotta go back to the main menu and pull a note to shut it off you could take the part out now and it wouldn't change anything I like you it. want them to edit that's George classic that films you heard I'm it saying. folks right it, here he called it, it classic I said classic films. Somebody clip that right Speaking now. Yeah, Somebody clip that right now. <laughs> you counted amongst films? What? Yeah. Wow. It's on, it's on film. Us again. He There's... said it, and now he's saying that he didn't say it. <laughs> yes, he does this quite often. What? What? <laughs> Wait, he called it a classic film. And there was much rejoicing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> okay, Jacob. What's not classic about this film for you? Oh my gosh! So the very beginning of the film drove me nuts. I'm not talking about the uh, the intro title. I'm talking when King Arthur shows up in the scene with his squire, his horse, and the coconuts. It's like you get the scene set up, and then all of a sudden it goes back to where it was. Be like it's they're they're shooting with a budget. I understand that, but at the same time. They just shoot like at different angles. Obviously, I mean, there's a budget and a low budget, obviously. But at the same time, it drove me freaking nuts. Did they shoot this out of order? Forgot which order they brought it in? It drove me nuts. It's like, what in the world? I mean, they shot at three different castles. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And one was shot used more than the others. So. I, I I agree with you there. It's just like, I understand. Be like, there is a lot of castles in Scotland. and totally understand that. But they probably didn't have the rights to go into them. Probably not. <laughs> Well, you're in good company because the director in the in the commentary said he wishes he could reshoot that opening scene because he didn't like the angles either. Thank you. I, I honestly am not sure what you guys are talking about with the, the peasants or with something else. I'm not sure which opening scene you're referring to. The opening scene, which I'm referring to, is the scene where we first meet King Arthur and his squire. The, the scene which where they go up to the the castle and then they go and then you see the exact it's the exact same framing of the the tort the uh the prisoner being hung on the rack for all the see yeah. this it's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be different castles. but they only were filmed at three of them yes I'm so aware. every time they go the time they when they go to one of these castles filmed from a oh different i see what you're saying okay yes. okay gotcha okay thank you for clarifying that for me apparently even after this i'm confused okay thank you i appreciate at that last, i call a cry of distress this could be the sign that leads us to the holy grail wow um <clears throat> then why don't uh travis why don't you give me a sign as to your tragic maker for this film well, I couldn't find a tragic maker, so the funny thing I liked the least. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, the the extended scene where they're doing uh, the intros and the uh, it's I think it's Sir Lancelot's scene. They're starting to pencil it in, and then there's the things jumping up and down, uh, like the the weather. I felt yeah, like it was weather. just like too long. Like that part kind of felt like does make it more of like a sketch show, whereas a lot of the other animation tied stories together or they were telling part of the continued story like oh they you know journeyed over winter so that part just 
felt a little bit too long and I didn't I didn't care for that one. Yeah. And you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead. I'm not going to say it for the end uh, because I'm sure everyone's going to be disagreeing. But that's pretty much that's an element of my tragic maker. And that's with <sighs> I got really frustrated with this movie right away. I know. Shocker. Um, because when with the you opening credits going into it, <laughs> go ahead with, with the opening credits, there was this like uh, the, the like subtitles were and she, my sister got bit by a moose. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And then they kept hitting that. Over and over and over and over again. I'm like, be done. It was funny. Bring it, give a call back to it later on. Don't just keep hitting the drum. I'm just, and they did that with so many things. Like, like, uh, so I like, you all said the, you just like callbacks and now you're saying you not don't like when callbacks? they're right after each other. Not one oh, right after another right after gag. Another. You like it's not a running gag when you do it within seconds of the each previous version. It could be. I I mean yes, technically I guess that's a running gag, but that's <laughs> it's just it, it's just like someone telling you the same joke and 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 they're like they say the same joke again, it's but may they change too one close word together. It's too, too close together. together. And there's so much of that throughout but this whole movie, like building on the previous for, one. It's not the same exact one. It's so, building. And then the swallow, they just keep going and going. He's asking them questions and they just keep going about the different types of swallows. It's like, he's asking you about if there's any nights, why would let them in? And the French that just keep going and going and going with all their icky words that I hate to hear. It's just yeah. so frustrating. I think I covered it as one of my likes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. So yeah, that's that that and and then the 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 two guards that didn't understand what the Swamp King was saying. I mean, a, a couple of those is great, but no, you just keep going so long. And that over was one take, that over, long thing. They, I thought it was good. And over. <laughs> so it and sounds over, like Francisco doesn't over. like beating the dead horse, yes. except that's exactly what he's doing right now. Burn. <laughs> Right. <laughs> How's it feel, Roy? Take a breath. It'll be okay. Just to be clear, Ashley's antecedent reference to the dead horse is Francisco's hatred for the movie, not the movie itself. Just, just to clear that up. Thanks, Nathan. Appreciate that. I love you, buddy. A blessing <laughs> from the Lord. God be praised. God be praised. Ashley, um, since you um, want to throw um, in um, your um, two um, cents, um. why don't you give us your tragic maker for Monty Python and the oh, Holy Grail. Oh, I would be delighted to share my tragic maker. So, the thing that frustrated me that I absolutely hated the most about this movie were the things that made it obvious that they were making this a movie. Because you've got the animator dying of a heart attack. You've got the random the random elements that just come in. Like, oh, the 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 historian getting killed is an afterthought because they have to tie it into how the movie ends. Because obviously, if you're making a film that's set in 932 AD, you're not going to have modern elements of a, just yes. this random mm. 20th century historian and then trying to tie it back by having this random knight on a horse come murder him and then having follow suit with the widow of the, of the historian coming through and police officers following the knights throughout the, 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 throughout all of the scenes until they catch up with them. It's just so ridiculous. I just can't, it frustrates me to no end. I'm like, yeah. I understand that like it just ends abruptly and they did what they could. And now knowing that additional piece from Nathan and like hearing like, 
yeah, it's actually not a terrible ending. But I hate what they had to do to kind of get there. The yeah. setup for that. Because I hate that the historian is there. That some random guy on horseback just kills him. When obviously, like, they're on the cheap. They're using coconuts. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I hate that element. That, I hate that it takes <clears throat> you away from the 932 AD with modern elements. I'm like, this is dumb. Those were all great, but what did you not like about the film? <laughs> <laughs> Everything pretty much but that. Yeah. The, I will agree, actually. The anachronism, I don't think you need, especially, uh, I, I think, yeah, Nathan explained it. Abs- that's the point. I, I get it, but I can appreciate the other absurdity. I, think, I can appreciate people taunting and saying, like, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. Like, I can get on board with random dialogue. I can get on board with random things here and there. But did, uh, you, did you enjoy the the 14th century uh, atmosphere setting and and costumes? But it takes place in 932. <laughs> yeah, it's just. <laughs> uh, Is that true, Paul? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean. Obviously, the setting is wrong on so many levels, but well, an Arthurian legend you have to go back to, you know, it, like, I don't know, 600, yeah, 700. Yeah, the Arthurian legend is is accurate, it's around like 600 to 900, it's around that time. Yeah. But mm. the style of clothing and setting yeah. they went for was the, the Middle or, Ages, the 1400s. Middle Ages, yep. yeah, bring okay, out your gotcha. dead, the time of the Black Plague, yeah, ah, that, yeah, I was wondering about that. Okay, yeah. they didn't have witch hunts back then, <laughs> nope. And and at that point in time of Arthurian legend, there wasn't really animosity between the French and the English. Mm. You know. I fart in your general direction. Must you, Paul? All right. So that yeah, I am. Bring out today. I can totally get behind. Yeah, that 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 dissimilar time eras really took you out of the movie. They I totally don't. Get that. They don't have a time machine. Why yeah. is the historian here? Yeah. How. How how does any of this have to do with anything else? I get I it. I get it. It's a lead up to the end, but I, it's I hate silly. it. It's silly. It's funny. You're preaching to the choir. I'm sorry. Actually. I hate it. No. Yeah. You give in to your hate. No. Uh, when let's... it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go uh, with Shanine next, and then we'll finish with Dallas's Treasure Maker. So, Shanine, what did you hate most about this? And don't give me the, a Travis line about, <laughs> oh, this is so good. I didn't have a Treasure Maker. No. Give, me, give it to me. No, I do have a tragic maker. Okay. Um, it was actually mentioned already. The mm. Sir Galahad and Castle Anthrax scene. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not my sense of humor. And mm-hmm. I always forget about it. So every uh, time I'm like showing the movie to someone for the first time, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, uh. fast forward and this is one of those elements where you see like galahad going up and he's in the storm and he's like just getting through all these roots and stuff on uh, scaling this hill it's one of the most Uh, dramatic scenes in the entire film this is why it belongs in a better a different movie i'll say different movie i'm not going to play my cards you still called it a movie i keep my my card yeah a different movie it should belong in a different movie but you're implying that's in the same classification so okay these bits of film should be in a movie is that's that what better? you said. That's not okay, what I said. You're right. You know what? I make mistakes too, guys. So I'm correcting the record, all right? You're these, admitting you were these... wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which means you're not right. <laughs> what a strange person. <laughs> Shinny, was there a- anything else about anthrax that uh, I sort of interrupted you uh, that you didn't like? No, it's just, just that... very uncomfortable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, Dallas was the most uncomfortable thing about this film 
for you. Yeah. My 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 cla- my tragic maker and my other one, they're 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 on even keel for me. It was oh, just okay. like I just tired of it. And that was mm-hmm. the the we've had mentioned already the anthrax scene. Okay. Like it just goes on and on and you're just like, please stop. And um the first time I watched this, I was actually at school and mm-hmm. uh, and uh and we fast what? forward through that scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> we yeah. for the. I was like, "What is this?" And my buddy's like, "No, you don't want to watch this." <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, "Okay, cool." So I rented it from Hollywood Video later, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, don't want to watch that." Mm-hmm. And uh, to this day, when we get to that point, we will hit the skip chapter button, mm-hmm. um, just get through it. So last night we did uh, when we watched it for preparation for this. It's just like it's just ridiculous. See, and, see, now you don't know that it's actually a great scene. It holds up so well. Oh well, gosh. and with along with that, because you both are mentioning this, I remember listening to the DVD commentary like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and they were saying that originally there was supposed to be nudity in that scene. Mm-hmm. And one of the directors and uh, art directors had said, no, 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 let's have them in these diaphanous gowns and it'll be better. It'll be better. And mm-hmm. they weren't really happy with it. But oh. honestly, I mean, that's what I think has given this movie such such long legs it's yeah. not so mm. explicit mm-hmm. that you can't yeah. show your teenagers to it mm-hmm. my kids you know they're a little too young but in a few years i'll show it to them maybe fast forward that scene yeah or actually fast forward it right now um but if it but if it the nudity was in there it's like oh well you just take it away 80 yeah. percent of your audience so exactly, i think yeah. as opposed to some of their <laughs> other movies uh the fact that it's 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 so toned down even though i agree it's <laughs> first time you watch it <laughs> with your mom next to you like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah I'm I remember it, the first time I saw this one was in 6th grade history class it was like a last day of school or oh, testing wow. was over or something and my my teacher skipped that scene I'm like okay because I, I I mean I was already checked out in this movie anyway I'm like I don't care skip the whole thing if, I, if you want but get anyway with it. yes get over it I'm just trying to tell a story, but all right, fine, guys. No, I'm saying that that's what you're saying. Get on with oh, it. Like, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. The movie agrees with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. What? Well, we have entered all our... Actually, let me just double check. Did anyone not get to share their Tragic Maker and I missed it? I don't think so. Wait 10 minutes. Did Francisco say anything negative about this film? I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. What were you saying before about gaslighting, Nathan? <laughs> I'm getting better. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. All right, it's time for the moment of truth, not the salvo authority, Bobo. Uh, time for the moment of truth where we uh, – do we rate Monty Python and the Holy Grail a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not they've seen it before. Do we rate uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail a nostalgic? We'd recommend – if you've seen it before, like growing up or as a young adult, it's worth uh, your time to watch it today. Uh, but if you've never seen it before, pass this one on by. Check out – Maybe a Mel Brooks movie. I don't know, something else. Uh, or do we rate it a tragic? We recommend no one see this film. Excuse me, whether or not they've seen it before. If it's, uh, if you, or yeah, if you've seen it before, don't sully any memories you have of it with a rewatch. And if you've never seen it before, keep it that way. Um, all right. So let's begin with, oh, Let's begin with Nathan. What is your final reign for My Python and the Holy Grail? 
started a classic. I'm going to keep it a classic. It made me laugh. I've seen it so many times. Haven't seen it in 20 years. It still made me laugh. Uh-huh. Shanine, how about you? You had Ray, You had also predicted classic. Where did it end up for you? Stay in classic. Nice. I, you 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 know that has like a whole castle anthrax scene. That's most of the movie. Are, <laughs> you, are you sure you. you want to keep it classic? <laughs> all right. All right. Fine. <laughs> Uh, Drew and Jacob, what say you? Do you the cell cast? I two? think I'm gonna keep it go to classic. I start off with a tragic. I have the 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 voices of the good people of this this fellow podcast has made swayed my decision a little bit. So I'm gonna go with more nostalgic now. So I I. I so I think you're probably breaking up for everyone else, including me. So I heard tragic, hey, though. So we'll just we'll put tragic down. He said nostalgic. That's what you guys heard, right? very so. much. Me. 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 Oh, you're nostalgic for this, but you still want to rate it a, a tragic? Man, okay. That's that's interesting. <laughs> you're a loony. Indeed. <laughs> wow. Okay, so but but seriously, nostalgic for Jacob. All right, uh, Ashley, what is your uh, final rating? The script was flipped, so I'm gonna say classic. What? Woo! I found myself <laughs> laughing so much more than I ever remembered laughing, and I think a lot of the angst that I was thinking about just is just internalized anguish from you. So <laughs> we watched it separately. We watched it separately, and we were watching it at the same time, but we were watching it separately. And I think because we didn't watch it together, I wasn't influenced by his facial expressions oh, and things like that. So I actually found myself really, really enjoying it. Of course, there's things that, like, I could do without, like, the whole historian murder murder line and, and other silly things. But I just re- remembered enjoying it as much as I did when I was a kid. And I'm like, heck, yes, I would share it with other people. But, but yeah, probably fast forward through the Castle Anthrax because even in a disjointed loony film, that doesn't feel like it fits. Everything. So big. Yeah, everything else fits together a little chaotically, but you know what? It's zany fun, and it fits together just fine. So what you're saying is I always need to watch movies with you so no. that you have the right influence. No, okay, I, I don't need to be influenced. That's called gaslighting if you're trying to tell me something that isn't and convince me otherwise. We already went over this, right? Man, Francisco goes out of town. Ashley shows this movie to her friends. (laughs) Are you watching that movie in my house? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. Um, Let's see. Let's go to Travis next. You had uh, predicted nostalgic. Where did it end up for you? Oh, yeah. I bumped back up to classic. It had been, uh, I think, like... (laughs) over 15 years since i'd seen this film I was like oh you know it's just not gonna hold up but no it really did there's just there's so many things uh so many great like pop culture references that still draw on this movie too so i, I gotta go with classic gotta go you don't you, you know what you, i must I, you know my, I'm my so- ethics tell me that is the right <laughs> thing to do <laughs> <Your> ethics <laughs> It's a matter of it's principle. It's wrong sir. to ask someone to violate their conscience. That's, <laughs> That's why we couldn't lie to you. Dallas, what say you? I uh, am going to stand as firm as the uh, the Black Knight and hold my position at the uh, Classic. <sighs> well, but you know what? Just like the Black Knight, I think I need to cut you out 
cut off your arms and stuff. And if I if I chop off a T, the arms of the C, <laughs> and a leg, I think I see a T in this C. So I think you must actually want tragic. If you're like the Black Knight, have you scratch. considered a, a career scratch? in politics? Oh, for <laughs> All right, classic for Dallas. And, uh, and then, yes, thank you, everyone who t- of our reflux capacitors that vote here alive. Since I so neglected to uh, ask for your vote on uh, locals, I'm so so sorry about that. Um, but thank you to you guys who voted. And yes, I'm throwing in the the t-shirt order here because of being such a good sport. Uh, who will save Generation X? So we have three classic votes for reflux capacitors this time. So that's another classic because they needed more classics on this. Paul, what say you? Oh, I want to do classic and jump on the train, but I, it's not tragic. Have... Tragic. Tragic. No. It's. I'm gonna stay at nostalgic. I. Nah. I. I enjoy it. I. Okay. But I can't recommend it for everybody. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and I could see that. Usually, you want to be able to recommend it to everyone if it's a classic. Right. All right. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven classics. Uh, we have two nostalgics, and. I was like, oh, who did the tragic? Oh, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. I I will, I will, I will say this was a more enjoyable experience than what I remember watching it. Um, I did have a a modicum more of fun uh, watching this film. Did your heart grow a size? Maybe (laughs) 0.125 of a size, an eighth of a size. It's gross. That's good. That's gross. (laughs) That's something. It's forward movement is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't recommend this. I wouldn't want to watch it again. Um, I think there's some funny there are some funny parts. I just I I wish I wish I could see the cool parts of this movie in a of, of this b- bit of content in another in a, in a movie. But anyway. So with seven classics, two nostalgics and one tragic the Retro Rewind Podcast rates Monty Python and the Holy Grail, a disputed classic film. Slightly I'd recommend disputed, disputed classic film. <laughs> <laughs> disputed classic film. We'd recommend any <laughs> recommend anyone go and see this, whether or not you've seen it before. But now it's time to get back to our own time, good old 20XX. Now go away or I shall talk to you a second time. Receiving incoming transmission. Uh, feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1975 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions. Oh, you're right here. Woohoo! True of the Cellcast. Oh, you're here too. Woohoo! Ashley Ruiz, oh, you're also here. Woohoo! <laughs> Kenneth and Fabulous Lomax, Rosie Lomax, that's our Bobo, Deed Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Lost, Gerald Hafter, Cool Deluxe, Redeemed Otaku, in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the, keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to retrorewindpodcast.com slash support to start. Yes, this stream is sponsored by PaulJPars.com. Thank you. 
Thank you. And hey, Francisco, are there any freeways to show some support to this podcast? Actually, yeah, Paul. Uh, you probably enjoyed this episode if you've made it this far. Uh, I, I'm, I'm shocked you made it this far into a, a podcast about my path and the Holy Grail. Actually, not too shocked, but you probably enjoyed it thus far. So if you aren't driving, why don't you tap the share icon in your podcast player for this episode and share it to a friend? Say, uh, I know you like My Python and the Holy Grail. I thought you would like this podcast on it. That'd be a great way to get the word out and support the pod in that way. Cool. I'll bet they'll thank you for it until they Probably. hear your rating. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, because there are some people that agree. I know some other people that agree with yes, your rating. Yes. But speaking of thanking people, we also want to give a a big Python hug to all our guests for coming on and supporting us yes. with their thoughts about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So go alphabetically. We'll start with uh, Roy's Gaslighter. No, <laughs> it's <laughs> Ashley Ruiz. How can people find you online? Is there, is there hey, anything cool you got going on? I gaslight her. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wait, what? 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 What was that? I, it was a callback, guys. You guys love running jokes and stuff. Sounds like right. a confession. Keep <laughs> yeah. the comedy, Francisco. Take, take, take a breath. It'll be okay. Um, and as for me, I don't have anything to promote. Nothing really going on. But you can always find me at my Twitter account at Ashley Ruiz one one eight six, where you can find me tweeting about faith and all things fandom. All right. And let's go to Dallas. How can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? Yeah, you can find us at geekdevotions.com uh, where you find all the information about our weekly devotionals. We post it up on YouTube and the various podcasts we have, including podcasts about Mobs of Gundam, uh, terrible movies, uh, which this one won't be on, and uh, <laughs> books and all kinds of other things. Nice. And let's go to Drew. You can find me at the Cellcast podcast at gmail.com where we review animated movies and TV here. And then check us out on Facebook. And actually, I should have said Jacob as well, because you're next. <laughs> find me on Facebook, Jacob B. Heron. I'm working on it. You can find me, you can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also, each day uh, on Instagram and Twitter at the at the same Jacob B. Heron or Jacob Heron. And uh, be, yeah, working on commissions. If you, if you have our commissions, please let me know. And get started. Excellent. And Nathan, how can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? You can find my fiction podcast at untoldpodcast.com, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. You can also find my weekly Bible uh, podcast at uh, crosstalkpodcast.com. Excellent. And Shanine, thank you so much for joining us again. Where can people find you online? Is there like a blog you're working on? What, what do you got going on? <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Hoot and Howl or Instagram Hoot and Howl Tales, uh, where you can find updates for my blog that will hopefully be online again soon. Excellent. Sweet. And Travis, thank you again for joining us. How can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm still rocking MySpace. Tom and I think we're the only ones. Come on over, check it out. Got some great music selection. <laughs> Nothing new going on. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, thank you again so much. Ashley, Shanine, Nathan, Travis, Dallas, Drew, Jacob, my awesome knighted friend Paul, and all you rewinders, new or old, for another fun voyage. You're welcome. And you can find me, PaulJPowers.com, at PaulJPowers.com. 
And you can find me uh, for show announcements or just to say hi on our Discord. Join us there at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Wow, Nathan, you're an excellent ventriloquist. But, <laughs> but as Nathan just said, we are now part of the Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, um, I don't know what to say there because I think all the riddles have uh, been unlocked, right? We made it through oh. the maze. Oh, you know what? I think you're right, Paul. So thank you, XO. And thank you all for listening. We pray you are more jo- more joyful today than when you first hit play, but... Fourth dimension of doing mission complete. View our RP ship's logs for more details. 